for a man that controls his own destiny. A man that is always in the pursuit of being better. You are in the right place. You are responsible. You are strong. You are a leader. You are a force for good. Gentlemen, you are the Alpha, and this is the Alpha Quorum. Hey, welcome to uh, Alpha Quorum Podcast. My name is Derek Johnson. I am the host and co-founder of the podcast, along with my partner, Brad. Say hi. Hey, hey. And here I am sitting in my office in Las Vegas, Nevada, staring out at a beautiful sunshiny day here. And uh, I think summer has finally decided to release its death grip on me because it's only about 103 today instead of its normal 115 degrees. <laughs> Just to go real quick, this is um, a new little feature that we're going to do here on Alpha P- Quorum Podcast where... Um, you know, Brad has the uh, the benefit of 20 years of experience having worked in human development, specifically with men and, and helping them become their better selves. And uh, it's our opportunity, our, our uh, privilege to kind of hear him um, over the next, you know, several weeks. We're going to be going through some of his most, um, his biggest successes and maybe some of his most painful uh, for lack of a better word, failures at the end of the day, uh, you know, you can get the best therapist in the world, but if you're not taking specific actions or following the direction of the, you know, those coaches that you hire to help yourself out, whose fault is it? But we right. want to really, the the feedback that we've been getting from, you know, those of you on our invitation only basis to Alpha Quorum podcast right now has been uh, more stories and less in the theory department. So without any further ado, I'm going to have uh, Brad, um, you know, we've been speaking over the last several days about specifically some examples of uh, men he's worked with over the past 20 years and um, sharing some success stories, um, you know, starting from, you know, when they first come in, the problems they're facing, Brad looking at it and giving his, you know, professional opinion or diagnosis what the real as to what the real problem is specific action steps that were assigned um or given to these people and then the results and sometimes the results are exactly what they are looking for you see um men thriving in their careers and in their relationship and life in general or in his experience correct me if i'm wrong he's seen some real train wrecks uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so and and we're not going to shy away from those because sometimes you learn as much from the train wreck as you do from the train getting to its destination on time so yeah. without any further ado um and we want to keep these short we want to make sure that uh we get in here uh, we get in here we tell a good story um we teach you some things and we're able to get you back on your way in a relatively short amount of time so brad go ahead and take it away tell me about this guy what was this guy's uh what what are we going to call this guy we'll call him brian brian is uh early 40s and uh he's just made this radical change major adjustments in his life over the last three years i'll tell you where he was three years ago three or four years ago He and his wife weren't even living together. Wife had moved out and was living with some friends. 
at the time he was working at a convenience store for minimum wage. Um, he had been for the most of their, or for many of the, of the years prior, unemployed, just kind of the, the stay at home dad who didn't really do much. And, uh, made some major changes um, from there. They initially came to me with concerns about their kids, a um, couple of teenagers who weren't doing well in school, had some behavior problems. And as I started working with them, I realized the parent, the problem was the parents and uh, shifted the focus entirely away from the kids to the parents. And more specifically, I, f- I feel like I've, I've made much better headway with the father, Brian. What was it? What was it about? specifically i mean was it so the impetus was them coming in they're thinking oh our kids are falling behind in school they're misbehaving so they come to you i mean what were they hoping i mean when they come to you what were they hoping to accomplish i mean what was their end game as far as their kids were concerned well i think they just wanted to see what needed to happen um for their children in one particular one of them in particular um who was struggling with behavior in school just to kind of i don't know maybe they knew that they were the source of the problems but that was just it was easier to talk about their son um than it was their own problems and they knew they just had to break into it slowly and that was how they were going to check the fit with me but um it was pretty quickly it it turned into working with them instead of him instead of the boys so how many minutes into that first session did you realize that this had very little to do with the, the, the kids and even to a lesser extent, the wife and really you were going to focus all of, you know, or the, the lion's share of your attention onto the father. Was there something that was said? Was there something that you saw in him where you specifically were able to think, you know, here's where I'm going to focus my energy. Yeah. Well, a couple of interesting things. This, this kid was maybe 14 at the time and he was curled under his dad's arm. So on one side of the couch is the boy and his dad. And on the other side of the couch is mom. And this boy is under his dad's arm. And it was a very sweet, you know, moment. They were just kind of cuddled together. And, uh, the mom had all these complaints and dad just kind of seemed very low energy but there was a loving bond there, it seemed, with the boy. Um, but they were both kind of clearly disconnected from the mom. I see. So it didn't take long. I don't remember if that if I you know met with the parents first or if that we all met together. I don't remember what within a session or two I knew what was going on. So on something like that, though, I mean, because me as a lay lay person seeing the affection between the father and son and like a, the chilliness between the uh, the child and his mother and the husband and his wife, me as a layperson would look at that and say, Oh, the, the wife is obviously the problem here. So I'm going to focus my treatment on her, or I'm going to you know, focus my energies on her. What was it in your expertise where you thought I'm going to go and focus on the father? I mean, was it, was it, was it because you thought that's the relationship was strong and you could build on that? What was it specifically? Well, just that I could tell that he was, he was the, he was the nice guy. Um, and what I mean is that he was, you know, tender and, but he, but there was this low energy and the wife had all the, all the explanations and she was the, the sharper communicator mm-hmm. was, you could tell was, had been the boss. She right. was in command of the, of the ship kind of. Probably, and, uh, 
probably the one that drug everybody in in the first place. Oh, it was. She was the first contact with me. And yeah, I need help with my son. And, uh, you know, you, you, you had met with some of our friends and, and they really liked you. So we're, we're here because we, you want to, we need you to help us too. Gotcha. Okay. She was steering the whole thing. Sure. <clears throat> as they, as they sometimes do. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so you, so you see that, that you're going to focus your attention on the father. You feel like, um, you've got somebody here that's, that needs some help. And you felt like if I help the father, uh, because of that strong bond between father and son, you in turn help the son. Was that your thinking? Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to just try to strengthen that and see what was, see what that was about It's an interesting visual thing there. They're, they're really, you know, there's six feet between them, father and son over here, mom on the other side of the couch. And, uh, it, it told it, 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 there was a lot of information embedded there. Yeah. Okay, so um, you get to know the family, you decide what was your, um, I know when we were talking, prepping for this episode, you talked about a really toxic home environment. Um, tell me about your experience with that. How did that come up in the, in the meeting? And then what was your experience with that? Um, I, I don't remember how I discovered it, but quickly found out that they were basically um, it was, it was almost like a hoarding situation in their home. Um, I think there was mention of, Hey, there are cats living here and we don't even know how many, and they're not our cats and, and we don't even know where they're staying, but we see them periodically. We don't even know how they get in. And um, those of you, those of you listening right now, if you have cats and you don't have an idea of how many you have or even where they came from. Brad, go ahead. We're going to post the link to his website on here. You can talk to Brad. <laughs> Take care of your. <laughs> so there was just something. I don't forget what it was, but there were some things that came out and it was like, okay, wait a minute. Tell me more about your home. And, um, and it, and and it did you? They never had anyone over. They never had pe- visitors and those kind of things. Some embarrassing stuff. They were embarrassed about it. And now did it, you, it, did you get invited over? Were you able to see it? Well, I invited myself and I said, well, what I've heard is concerning enough that if you don't let me come see this, I'm going to call CPS because gotcha. you got minors, you got minors in the home and I want to kind of check this out. I went there and it was borderline a, a health hazard. Uh, well, it was, it was causing health problems. The mom was, had been sick and um, for a long time and I'm sure it may, may have had to do with that environment. But um, So you get yeah. over there and what did you see? How long were you there? I mean, I was there for 95 seconds. <laughs> I, I just, it was just not, it was, the air was, I, I, I was worried for my respiratory system, gotcha. just what was in the air and just, you know, it could have just been dust here in the desert, but it was not good. That's a lot of cat pee. I'll tell you right now. Yeah. That is, that's a lot of cat. So what was your, so you walk out of the house and what was the first thing that you say to Brian? I mean, I, I said, I told Brian that there is no greater priority than having somewhere safe and clean and in better order. And that that was that nothing else mattered at that point than to, to change that situation. And, and I kind of put some pressure and said, listen, you guys have about a week to get this thing under control and, uh, or I'm going to have to, you know, reach out to, other you know agencies and make make sure that 
you know, you're on a plan to make something happen here because it's just, you can't have children in that situation. I imagine, I imagine moving out of a house, uh, I mean, moving out of a, from one house to another for the best, you know, for the best prepared is, is a burden and, and a financial burden for most people. Um, what was it like? I mean, you basically gave these people seven days to get their stuff and move. Otherwise, I mean, you know, yeah, the first part was like, you clean up the hallways and the doorways. You know, I, I could barely fit through the front door and um, they did that. They did that, but uh, kind of on their own, they soon after moved into a kind of a temporary condo, like a furnished, mm-hmm. you know, two bedroom, little small condo, you know, one of these where if people come to Vegas a lot, they can just stay there for their week and whatever. And it was one of these rental type places, right. but a, a nice, cute little place. They moved in, brought some clothes and, um, and that I think was an eye opener for them that, Hey, our environment is affecting how we feel. And then not long after that, they moved into another home and just, you know, and I, and I had been to that home as well and it was just normal and healthy and happy. And once you, once you, um, once you saw Brian, well, you know, once he moved out of the house, what kind of changes did you see in him? I mean, did you see, did anything happen? Did you notice anything? I mean, I, I imagine that getting out of that literally toxic environment into someplace cleaner and, and more acceptable probably was a boost to his self-esteem. Was it, was it huge. observable in it, you? Oh, it was huge. I mean, he, he stopped smoking. He's kind of been on and off of that, but he stopped smoking. He kind of started, you know, his appearance changed and although I'm kind of a beard guy, I have a beard and I like beards. He started shaving and just kind of cleaned up his whole, his whole life, you know, drinking uh-huh. the, the energy drinks all day. And he kind of put those down and just, it really made a huge difference. Got a new job. So he, he was working, he, he was working at like a convenience store. Minimum yeah. wage deal. Yeah. And, uh, he had some certificates for some it stuff. I don't know exactly what, but never really took advantage and then got into a, help desk type of job where he was working on, you know, putting, setting up computers in the big office buildings and whatever. And, um, just kind of slowly started really performing at a much higher level as a leader. Okay. So let me ask you this because we're, we've been on here for a few minutes and I want to start wrapping this up, but I can see, you know, they, they came to you with a problem. Turns out the problem was a symptom of a symptom of, of another problem. And I imagine that their house was a reflection of the relationship between this man and his wife. So I imagine that in a situation like this, when he starts to assume more of a leadership role, he's being consistent, he's doing all the right things, he's checking all the right boxes, you know, his, his, his self-esteem, his self, you know, self-respect, more importantly, has returned um, there's a couple of things going on with the the wife, I imagine. Now you're still meeting with them. Are you meeting with yeah. them individually or or individually? A yeah. Okay, so that's kind of, a couple, but mostly individually. Which is interesting because you you'll have kind of a a real. I mean, you'll be able to see the marriage. You get you're able to see the marriage from both sides of it. Mm-hmm. So I imagine you see a situation where. Um, she, his his leadership is on one hand being well received but on the other hand she's probably waiting for the other shoe to drop there's probably some resistance there 
that, you know, she wants to, you know, keep control of these certain things. Cause I think the hoarding is from what I understand, I'm again, I'm a lay person, but the hoarding, there's some control issues there and letting go and things like that. So sure. she's obviously, so you've got a situation where you're meeting with them individually and he's trying to be a leader and lead his family in a certain direction. And she's probably really struggling with giving up control of things because, you know, she doesn't want to be disappointed because she's, you know, I mean, as much as she probably likes new Brian, she keeps waiting for old Brian to show up. Is that yes, fair? Yes, exactly. Waiting for old Brian to show up and also just kind of losing, feeling like she's lost. She had been keeping, holding everything together. Sure. So although, although she had her failures, she was doing everything, working a full-time job, taking care of the kids, um, doing whatever was happening at home, cooking and so forth. And, and um, she was just very afraid that even though it wasn't functioning well, she was afraid to really turn over the reins to him, somebody who had been kind of unproven to that point. So how is new Brian cope? Because that in and of itself, as much as she likes new Brian, you know, there's friction there. So what is Brian doing now to really um, stay consistent, to stay strong and and just dealing with the friction that's probably not going to go any i mean is that is that you, know, you continue to meet with him would you say that's the primary uh challenge he's faced with is like you know staying consistent and making sure he doesn't fall back into old habits because it's clear to me she's waiting whether it's conscious or subconscious she's waiting for that to happen and she's preparing herself for it Yes, she is. And, and he, and he, he kind of jokes about, you know, I, I, I hate adulting and he, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, to, I'm a Toys R Us kid kind of thing. And he doesn't want to grow up. And, and, um, so he, this is all new for him too. And he feels much better. Mm. I think he, he's, he's feeling this kind of masculine power and that he's, he's really stepped up in big ways, but you know, the, he gets tired and he gets to where he wants to go back into, mm fantasy land and you know watch youtube all day and whatever and and um but we all have i mean that's not that's not unique to him i mean every once in a while we all just want to say you know the hell with this i want to go be a kid again so there's nothing wrong with that yeah but it's clear that at this point he's 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 you know he said he recognized the problem he was coachable enough to listen to the you know the advice that you were giving him because it's one thing to know what to do all right but then it's entirely different thing to actually take those action steps and start to you know put yourself in a better situation so to his credit he's been doing it and uh, unfortunately i'm sure he wants his wife to kind of go along you know we all want you know to get along with our spouses and he's being met with resistance but he's you know he's pushing through and that's you know that's probably going to be that way for a long time look we've been going here for about uh you know it's been about uh, 18 minutes which is where we want to keep it um but to anything else you want to say to kind of wrap up you know brian's experience and, and what you think um you know what you've learned from it specifically you as you know watching it i think you mentioned a word there humility or something or being coachable that's coachable. the difference that's the difference he came into this with an open mind and he 
he he started doing things that he had previously resisted and that's made all the difference in the world. He's he's been open. He's saying, "Help me. What do I do? How do I do this? I don't know how to be an adult. I don't know how to be the leader of our home. What can I do? What do I need to do?" And in just about every case, there was a resistance in the beginning, but in in every dimension of this, he's just gone for it and 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 failed. You know, he he stopped smoking four times in the last four years. So he's 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 continuing to just make consistent effort. Falls sure. back, two steps forward, one step back, kind of thing. But doing very well overall. He's like the stock market; it's up and down, but overall, sure. it's always moving forward. Sure, sure, sure. Well, that's that's great. Well, hey, Brad, something uh, you said something there, and I don't remember what it was, but I had a thought where you know he's moving forward. He's you know things are going well for him. I think when we do this next time for the next episode, which I imagine we'll record here in the next two three days. I want to hear a good train wreck story where somebody can. Do, do you have any of those? Oh, of course. They went the other direction. They went further downhill. <laughs> right. No, no. I want to hear one of those stories because uh, sometimes you'll learn more from those than you do the happy endings. The happy yeah. endings. Not to say that this one's a happy ending, but it's definitely yeah. headed in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us can relate to the fact that you're, you know, you're doing. I know for me personally when I find myself getting lackadaisical in my responsibilities as a, as a husband and a man and a father that, um, you know, it, I, I can feel me losing my own self-respect. And when I lose my self-respect, I, I know that Mrs. Johnson's respect for me is waning. Um, and it's hard, you know, it's hard to get back into those good habits because, you know, once you've, once you've, once you've lost that consistency, you know, your partner's always going to be, you know, they're going to be happy to see the new effort, but at the same time, they're going to be resistant to kind of accept, you know, as a permanent change. And it's tough because you can feel it. I mean, you can feel that tension and it's different for everybody. Some people are quick to move on. Some people aren't. My experience is men move on much quicker, much more quickly than women do. And that's part of that, you know, this, this yin and yang and this, this, this constant sort of, um, I don't want to call it a battle. You know, I, I laugh. This is a Derekism. And as we move on in the show, you'll, this podcast, you're going to hear many of them, write them down. <laughs> I'm, I'm already picking up your, your patterns, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I always laugh at people that tell me that marriage is hard because really marriage isn't really that hard. If marriage is hard, you're probably doing it wrong. I'll tell you what's hard being divorced to being divorced with kids. That is impossible. Like that is just a weight that you cannot lift anyway. Hey, Brad, thanks for the time today. I think this is great. We've all learned something. All right, buddy. All right, man. Talk soon. You betcha. Bye-bye. Gentlemen, you are the alpha. And this is the Alpha Quorum.